You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Hey there, welcome to episode 137 of Push the Point, presented by Mash Those Buttons, your source for Overwatch League news, player updates, storylines, and more. I'm your host, Ramses. Thanks for being here. Follow us on Twit on Twitter, not Twitch, excuse me. At PushPointPOD, at Lavosco, at Ramses underscore OW. Uh it's been two weeks uh between both of us flying around the country, some technical difficulties. And just some general life stuff. It's been a little bit hard to get into the desk, well, into the chairs to record for today. But we're happy to get back on schedule, back on board. Labosco, it's been with in those two weeks. There's been a whole enough news between the league, between the games, and between Overwatch Two coming, well, Overwatch Two news dropping. That. I think we're going to have a hard time fitting it all into one hour. So we're going to shoot for as close as we can. Yeah, we're really going to focus on the things that uh, are kind of most important here, which is a lot of the news stuff. Um, We really want to keep make sure we cover the news. We're going to talk about some of the stuff with the games, some of the teams. Uh, There's some teams that have been a little bit surprising, I think, here early on. So there's some of that we're going to talk about as well. So there's there's quite a bit. Right. So. Uh, mm. it's, it's been an interesting two weeks already kind of with, with how games have gone. Um, especially to like, I, I keep forgetting now that like, it's no longer, it's your full season standings to determine who gets in now and everything mm. for, for these, uh, for, for the different tournaments. So that's like an adjustment for me is thinking, okay, we don't have like a fresh record of sorts here to figure out who's going to be in the next tournament and who's not. Yeah, I know there are some people complaining about how like high placement in the previous tournament kind of gets you a really good spot in the second tournament. Yeah, and like if you think about it this way, Dallas Gladiators and Shock are already guaranteed to be in the next tournament regardless. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and like of those two of those three teams, the one that maybe uh, people would have the most gripes with is maybe the Dallas Fuel because they started off 0-2, didn't win a map uh, in the first week. So so uh, I, I get people's maybe frustrations. I mean, Dallas also had to face probably two of the best teams in the league. So there's there's reasons for it, right? So. Yeah. Um. Just a couple of quick notes as far as the games. We're not going to go into everything in depth. Uh, we want to talk about the meta, though. We were talking about this pre-show. Things were starting to get a little bit stale, um, pretty much like halfway through uh, kickoff clash time, where you start to just see people lock in the monkey, the soldier, the Ana, the Lucio. Um, maybe a flex on the Tracer or the Genji, depending on what you're going for. But things got pretty standard pretty uh, pretty quickly. Um, but we're seeing a little bit more variation in this con- in this part of the sorry in midseason madness time. Um, Anna and Zen, lots of double flex. So Houston and New York initially are pretty stoked about it, um, but we'll see how that goes. Um, and then Sojourn's making a lot, like making a lot of uh, plays currently. Uh, 
it's interesting because like I something I always forget is just how hyper mobile she is like with like that slide jump. Mm-hmm. So not only do you get the poke of like her normal damage and of her ray gun attack, but then you can or the um, rail gun, right? Rail gun. But then just being able to slide jump into all these other positions, it feels like it's all it's like it's a Widowmaker with almost like a quicker damage per second almost. Not quite because you have to build up the rail gun charge by shooting at targets and things like that, right? So it, it, it's a different sort of play style. It's more of a cross between like a, almost like Ash and, and Tracer, I would more say, you know, mm. because there's the movement ability that Tracer has in some in some ways for the Sojourn. She's got a, she's got a little bit better of a health bar, though, than Tracer. Um, her escape ability isn't perfect, but she definitely has that. So that's where you have, you know, sort of the comparison to to the tracer for me I, I mean obviously it's not a blink but but you know what i mean good movement to get in get out sort of a thing sort of like a tracer does but then you also have the rail gun which is kind of that good medium to you know a little bit harder at the longer ranges because you don't have the scope of the widow maker but still good very good medium range to to be able to do damage and definitely close range as well it gets a lot easier to hit some of those headshots with the rail gun when you get in there so well and they buffed her they buffed her like before this patch too where like it feels like she hits those railgun headshots like so much more consistently which where like is good because like prior to that like in the last patch like the no regs was ridiculous right so there was like so many no regs and and it felt really difficult to hit the shots with her Mm-hmm. so lots more poke uh the zen kicks are are in there as well so you're seeing a lot of zenyatta in there and lots more variants in the tanks uh you're seeing some sigma you're seeing some doomfist some monkey some diva there's a lot more variety i think as people try to figure out how they want to deal with the poke so it's been fun to watch yeah and 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 i think if you look at the difference too, um, there's been less time for the teams to prepare on this patch than what they were preparing for going into the other um, the the first tournament of the season. So mm-hmm. I think that's part of why we have a lot more variance as well, um, because you just didn't have the same amount of time before the season started, where you kind of already had a good idea if you were these teams what was good, and also like so Soldier was like so oppressively good. It, it was hard to not play him on a lot of maps. So there, there was just some very obvious, like broken stuff mm. that 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 just made it hard to not. And, and, you know, it's not like Soldier was 100 percent pick, but but it made it very difficult to not pick Soldier in a lot of situations. Yeah, um, we're talking about meta. I think the two teams I was mainly looking at, at least from season from week seven, were London uh, and Dallas. London, because I kind of expected them to have maybe a bit of a harder time with this meta, considering I was initially thinking it was going to be a little bit more difficult for them to play their rush style into it. And while they're still playing rush, um, they really have been able to kind of lean less into that strength and more into the strengths of their support and DPS line. Um, People have been talking up Sparker for a long time. I think now is when I'm finally starting to see like, oh, this guy's really good. Yeah, you're getting to see him on some of the heroes that that he's more known for too. I think as well, right? Like, and 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 I think everybody in front of him is also doing their jobs better on London, so it makes things a little bit easier for him to do it. But the you know, it, while while this start for them has been great here in in the mid season madness, I, 
you, you can't get too overly excited for them yet. You've still got to see them play the Dallases, the the gladiators, yeah. the the shocks of the world, because they've struggled with those teams, right? They haven't beat those teams. So they've played well firmly within their bracket. We haven't seen how they play against um, any of like the upper level. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, even Houston um, is a team that. Boy, Houston confuses me sometimes, but but like that's another team that I want you, you want to see them here in this midseason madness, how they're going to do. Right. Because I don't think they played yet. They haven't played each other yet. Now. Yeah. Yeah, London has a win over Florida, a win over Toronto, and a win over New York. Uh, Florida and Toronto are like are like yeah firmly within that bracket of like teams that they're in like kind of the same like area of. Um, New York is not great, far from it right now. So that's a win you need to get. And yeah, big ups to Christopher. Uh, I've been very pleasantly surprised at how well just again leveraging their players' strengths into situations that make good win conditions for them. Yeah, it's still like I said, the the big test is coming. Um, these first two weeks, though, obviously they should be very happy with the results that they've got. Last week also was surprising just for Dallas for me. Um, I think coming off of a pretty like a pretty good performance um, in kickoff clash, um, not where they wanted to be, but like decent um, into going. Oh, I think losing all losing every map in week seven against San Francisco and Atlanta rain. Yeah, but they were close maps, though, too. Like this is where like three O sometimes is a little bit deceiving. It's not like it's not like Atlanta and and San Francisco like stomped them in both of those games. Right. Like this Mm -hmm. is where it can be a little bit deceptive. And also we know that Dallas is not strong at the beginning of a new patch. So I, I think that this is just uh, seeing two of the best teams in the league at the wrong time for Dallas. And, and that's something that contributes to it as well. And, um, you know, they're kind of ex- they're, they're they they were it, it, they were experimenting with stuff. It kind of seemed like a little bit, too. So looking at week eight, uh, pretty interesting, actually, I think two APAC teams I really wanted to talk about. I think is this the worst sh- is this the worst start to a Shanghai Dragons um like stage in tournament play ever? Obviously not because if you go well, back in tournament play, not in season history, but like they went 0 and 2 this week and they lost I think what? They lost all six maps. Um probably in recent time, yeah, it's the, one of the worst performances from them. Um Again, though, these were not like complete stomps, but but it wasn't Shanghai isn't the Shanghai that we know, though, either. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is definitely worth pointing out uh, the, it, it's hard to feel like maybe there's some some um, hangover for championship hangover. I still think that that's something because I think talent wise in all of these metas that we're seeing like. There's no reason to think that they shouldn't be really good. Like they have too mm-hmm. much talent to not be like they're kind yeah. of pulling a soul and soul's soul like looking- doing the uh, is pulling a Shanghai. <laughs> it's really weird. Soul looks soul's looking pretty good right now. Um, the other team, of course, we'll talk about them in more in depth in a little bit. But Lobo, of course, a w- the weekend where you're traveling around the country, you're not able to watch it is the is the first week and like what, maybe like three years. Two and a half years at least for the LA Valley, I go 2 0. 
well, no, just last year would have. They had two O's the, the year before that. It was only one bad year that the Valiant have had. Like they haven't had great years other than that, but they've never been like as bad as they were last year, right? Hmm. So I the the uh, some of the changes that they've made seem to already being uh, already paying dividends. Um, but the this they're they're sort of like in the same boat as like um, the uh, London Spitfire, right? Like you beat teams that are kind of in your area. Now it's how you're going to do with against the teams that are above you. Mm -hmm. We have plenty of Valiant news to talk about uh, soon, but we're going to have to kind of weed our way through this whole big list. Uh, I tried my best to kind of like group them up by team, uh, but I we might jump around a little bit. Um, Starting with the Vancouver Titans, um, we've. They've had the same coaching staff, I think, since the run since um they parted ways with that entire runaway roster roster. Excuse me. Uh they had Flubby and Pew, who used to be coaches for Second Wind, who I mean, it's been a long time, so people can kind of forget. Second Wind had this reputation in contenders for being able to put together a team out of being able to put t- together teams out of like I don't want to say unorthodox players, but out of rosters that didn't seem that great and still being able to pull together like decent performances. You can't you can't expect things like well, well unproven. I think it's more important. To, I, I think it's more um, accurate to say like unproven players. Well, so let me let me rephrase how I said that coming into the league. They had this reputation for being able to turn unproven players into pretty solid, pretty decent rosters. So it made sense for them to be picked up but for vancouver when they're going through this whole transition past year and a half um it hasn't been the results just haven't been there i think to warrant i think continuing to move forward with them so the team uh, announced a couple of weeks ago that they had uh parted ways with both of them and we're moving on to a different coaching staff i think what's interesting to me is like okay so you got rid of of um the coaching staff but you kept the manager from second wind and and justin right so what what did justin do to keep his job as you know but you let the other second wind guys go that's kind of what i don't quite understand because to me you you had you know this very if they were committed to anything they were committed to their coaching staff right Mm -hmm. so you were committed so long for it is this just, you know, a general manager making a, a last ditch effort to keep his own job? Like, I don't know, you know, we don't know what happens behind the scenes, but like, how did he manage to keep his job as a manager, as the GM? And, you know, the guys that he handpicked as his coaches um, are gone now, are gone. Right. I mean, I think <laughs> I think the record the last two years is kind of proof that that uh, it's not working for Vancouver. But more importantly than that is like the players that they were given haven't exactly been the greatest players either. And and not to say, you know, Shockwave, Maza and Mir are terrible players, but you have to look at the talent compared to the rest of the league. And, you know, maybe they're replacement level players, right? They're not above replacement. The funniest one, yeah, it was kind of horrible, was... um. There is Vancouver put out this graphic where it was like uh, false is is number 33 in final blows per 10 minutes. 
Okay. And false put up a response like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, why are you like, <laughs> and again, some of like, you, you know why what? Do you, you know put, what that out there? You know what final why blows for 10 minutes? You know what final blows is? What? Final blows is a pitching a, a pitcher's win column. Okay. In baseball. That's what it is. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's irrelevant because if you're getting the final blow, that just means you contributed some damage, right? Let me make sure I have it correct in here. But it was, they put, yeah, where is it? No, I'm sorry. It was, um, he is 33rd overall in total damage. The, I mean, that's sort of the same thing, right? Yeah. It's just one of those, like, it was one of those stats where you're like, why would, why would you put this out there, guys? Like, it's not, I understand. So I understand where you're coming from. I understand what you're saying, but it's just, it's the kind of number, right? Like, it just does. It wouldn't make sense to put this out. Well, damage is the same way because damage is slightly different because like doing a lot, a lot of damage can be good, but it's also about how effective is the damage, right? Um, is the damage leading to kills? Um, is it leading to eliminations? So that that's there, there's some very complicated math things that need to happen in order to to accurately use damage, final blows, eliminations properly. Um, I I, I don't know. I'm I, I'm not a mathematician, so I don't know how you figure that out. But it's like okay, that's cool that he's doing so much damage, but like nobody's dying, so does it really matter? Um, and they're still losing. Mm-hmm. So it's like feather in the cap. But, let, you know, I think his tweet kind of like sums it up really well. It's like, oh, OK, that we still are not like that doesn't make him feel any better. They're still not able to win a game this year so far. Yeah. Um, They did pick up Depay as their new head coach. Um. We've talked about him a lot on here. Former coach for the LA Gladiators since season one up until the beginning of this season, season five. Uh, one of those coaches who's controversial, I think not because of his record, but just because of people's impression of him. I think there are plenty of people who are who argue that with the rosters they've had, they should have won a championship. Uh, they should have had like these like the highest accolades. And when you look at the roster, like at their um their placements, they usually place in the upper level, like usually within like top four, top five. But I think it's easy to make those kinds of calls. Like they should have had a championship. They should have won. And then you look at like who they're competing against, like the 2019 and 2020 shock, the um like crazy, crazy good teams. Mm-hmm. Um at any rate, Depe was a free agent after this season. Um, left the left Gladiators after kind of a a very interesting. He said, she said, um, just back and forth kind of spat, and is now with Vancouver, uh, where like, we just said it a little bit less glorious of a roster. So probably you would imagine different goals for what you're hoping to do with this team. But I mean, I think as as far as anybody who you could have hired, this is probably the right call. You wouldn't say it's because um, isn't uh, your boy from Paris? I oh get amazed. I want get amazed to get a job. I'm bummed that he doesn't have one. I honestly, but that's what I'm saying. Like you were saying, get amazed would be better. I think what, you're probably right. I think get amazed would be better for budget. But 
You don't think he's imagine- the better? You don't think he's the better coach? Because for you, I would have thought you would think that get amazed is the better coach. I think maybe better for the situation. I don't know. It's one of those things where like get amazed. What I talked him all up for last year was like taking what was looked at as like a subpar roster and being able to kind of push them and maximize strengths out of it, which is something which I, 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 I see, I see you nodding at me. That. I'm just saying, like, yeah. I'm surprised that you said that D pays a better hire than your boy get amazed. That's all I'm saying. I appreciate the, I appreciate the reminder. I, uh, I, I'll backtrack a little bit on it. I, I, um, I would have preferred to get amazed. Yes. Okay. I think D pay though, as far as like the splashy hire, as far as like, I don't know. D pay is a guy who has had GM duties in his previous job. Like to be kind fun. of make, yeah, I, I, I wasn't I, I was more just saying that because you guys hear me get bullied on my own podcast. No, no, I, I'm not I'm not bullying you. I'm just saying <laughs> you, you you know what I'm saying? Like for you, I I, I just thought it would have made I, to me. I, I was surprised that you were so um, down with with it. You know what I mean? Like, I thought that maybe you would uh, think of get amazed first. Like you wouldn't, you know, be standing on your soapbox saying why get amazed deserve the opportunity you know i think it's just because dpay's name i think it was just so much more immediately was a little bit more like immediately relevant in the zeitgeist of overwatch league yeah unfortunately it feels like once get amazed like had his year got fired so that or got released so that they could pick up jmac on the cheap and then that's kind of been it like he is pretty much disappeared since then. Whereas DP, I think, had all these memes, had all of these like, had all this like track record that people responded with. It, it when you were saying as far as like with the GM, it makes sense. It's like you have somebody. You, it, it, it strikes me as the kind of situation where you can get this guy and he comes in and just does everything for you, and you can kind of be like, "All right, I made the big hire. It's no longer in my hands." This is where it's like I don't know. How much of Deepay's success was just that he had incredible talent on the teams that he had? Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of the things where I think it gets really hard to to really know. Um, you know, there was that there's that whole thing when when Deepay left that was like really weird too. So it's like I I, I don't know. Um, I personally am fine with Deepay getting the job. I do feel I I don't know I I'm not a big fan of like sort of retreading with guys if they didn't really I guess Depay does get the benefit of the doubt because of how consistent LA Gladiators were they were always like a playoff team and everything but um I don't know I I, I would have liked to have seen maybe some new blood in mm-hmm. but I guess again if you're a general manager trying to keep his job um showing a guy with the track record of D-Pay or teams who the track record of the teams of D-Pay kind of makes sense. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, the Titans also released Psycho uh, about a week and a half ago. Um, I don't know. It's unfortunate because like the way that this team is performing is not necessarily surprising for anybody to get like oh, almost. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Psycho didn't do anything to like be like, wow, that's impressive. Like, he, so. didn't, he didn't do anything like that. I don't, I don't also ever I don't maybe I'm wrong here, but I didn't feel as much like he was like there was anything also the inverse of that where it's like, oh, he's definitely the problem. Like he's definitely notably bad compared to everybody else. It just but, but that's kind of how like Vancouver feels as a whole, though, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Like oh, no, nobody gr- nobody's like really 
standing out and nobody's like you know what i mean they did take a map off of atlanta though this you know just a few days ago from when we were recording this so Mm -hmm. so maybe maybe things are on the rise right like 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 there's flashes sometimes from shockwave there's flashes sometimes from aspire um mirrors kind of in that like weird role that that uh we're seeing dante in um playing like the the doom fist every now and then um you know aztec and skyripa are you know they're doing fine but they're not doing well you know i don't know it's it's like Overwatch can be really hard to tell what the problems are sometimes. Yeah. Moving on to another team, Paris Eternal had a bunch of news in the past two weeks. Um, It leaked that they were in the process of moving to Las Vegas for the 2023 season. Uh, And they confirmed it like pretty quickly after that broke. um, Announcing that they're excited for a new to announce a new chapter for Eternal fans in 2023. The Eternal will be relocating to Las Vegas. For now, we're looking forward to blowing away the comp for the rest of 2022. Um, you and I had some fun conversations about this one because I will get it out of the way now. Yes, Chicago still doesn't have a team. You get screwed yet again. Yeah, you get you get you get. It's not like you got bamboozled. You were never fooled by it. But like, and Chicago gets skipped again. Um, the Midwest but, gets skipped. The Midwest as a whole gets skipped. There's nothing in the Midwest. Mm-hmm. No teams at all. You have the whole middle of the country. There's a lot of people in the middle of the country, too, in case you didn't know. Um, do you remember, like, do you remember, like, after season one where people, when we knew that, like, 12 more teams were coming in and, like, they were talking about, like, oh, where are some of the places that you could see teams? And we saw people making, like, concepts for, like, a Berlin team, a Rio de Janeiro team, like, a Copenhagen team. Like all these other destinations, and it's like, okay, not Vegas. Like, I don't know. People are gonna throw it in the face of like, oh, like this is screwing EU. And like, yes, yes, it is. But also it'd be different if it seems like after they did the initial relationship building of like, look, guys, here's all these European players we bought. That was kind of it. And they have like there's been no uh, maybe I'm wrong, but it doesn't seem like this team, besides like their initial like crop of players has ever made like a very strong committed effort to like this we're going to be the EU team now. Well for Paris? Like they've been pretty EU centric since after season one. Yeah, uh, but season in the, one of Paris, I should say. That which because what they were a season two team, right? Yeah. So I don't know. I just feel like Or were they original? I can't remember anymore. No, because they were original European. Yeah, because they were originally European then they had Elman Mystic for one year, and then they went back to European again. I don't know. It just it feels like people are making all of these like really big gestures of like, oh, how shocking it is and how horrible it is for a lot of the team, like for the European fans. And yeah, they, they I, were I, season two. They were season two. Okay, my brain still works. Yeah. Um. the The year they had Element Mystic is the only good year they had. Hmm. And they were what seventh or something or because because their original roster was like majority EU. They had a couple of South Korean players in Pokepo and Erster and Daco. And then the next year, that's when they get. You're looking their, at the Atlanta roster, my guy. Oh my god, you're right. I was looking at Atlanta's roster. Um, I was going to say Pokepo definitely did sorry, not play. For, sorry, sorry. That was the year. 
you're right. I, I, it's late. My brain is uh, starting to shut down. That was they had Hip Cruz, they had LH Cloudy, Ben Best, um, Nico, Shadowburn, and Soon. That was that one. Um, and they had a couple other players, but nobody worth mentioning. Um, not 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 like they aren't worth mentioning. I just there's too many names to continue to mention them all. Um, the yeah, not not. Uh, I think they finished like 14th that first year. So and then they, you know, overhaul, get the Element Mystic roster that was incredible, and they end up being a playoff team and everything, and then they just get rid of it, and then it was right back down to the bottom of the league after that. Yeah, this move to Vegas. I mean, so this franchise also owns a Call of Duty team. That was like also the Paris team that's also moving to Vegas. Um, from what we, you and I were talking about, it sounds like they're doing a lot of it. Like Vegas is putting a lot of money, or at least there is a lot of money that people want are wanting to put into putting esports in Vegas. Yeah. Um. So I mean, as far as relation, as far as like locations go, it makes sense. However, it is a bummer if you're like one of these longtime EU fans that. It's just another team being moved out from your region. Yeah, but uh, here, here's part of the, the thing, too, is like, what is EU doing to keep teams, right? Um, unfortunately, there's only two teams, right? So they're kind of already behind the eight ball. Like, it, it's not like the where what regions is Overwatch still popular in, right? Um, really, it's China is the one where it's most popular. Um, mm. Korea, it's not terrible, but it, it, you know it, it has declined in Korea. Some, the United States, it, it it's not bad. Um, Europe is kind of fading, you know. Not that there aren't good players there that are deserving, but if the fan interest isn't there, these teams are going to move to places where they think that they can have good fan interest. And there's a lot of facilities already built up in in Vegas. There's a lot of investment in Vegas. So it it makes sense from a team's perspective. And if there's going to be more traveling as we continue to move along in Overwatch's existence, if we're actually going to have these teams traveling a little bit more, it doesn't hurt to have another U.S. team. All the teams are there for the most part, right? Um. If you're going to do this east-west split, that seems to be what the league is really focusing on. And then having the east and west teams really only meet in the tournaments um, at the end of the tournaments. It makes sense for travel for travel reasons to have less reason to go over the ocean. Mm-hmm. Well, and like I remember wasn't the wasn't what we knew last year that like Paris was playing. um when they had the Korean players, weren't they playing from Jersey? Didn't we think, didn't we know? Like, I thought we had heard rumblings that they were playing from Jersey when they had like the split roster with um, both the Korean and European players. Well, it made sense for them to be in the United States anyways for ping. Mm. Like what, what would be the point of having them in Paris and playing online from Paris? Like, like where's the benefit? Like what, what, what um, you're going to have like 200 ping to play against all the teams they would have to play against? No. Like, of, of course not. Of course they're going to be somewhere in the United States. And London was too. It's not like London was in London. Mm-hmm. So, 
no, it, it, it all made sense to me that they were not <laughs> they were not in the EU um, because they couldn't be. They just they literally couldn't in order to make the online. We got news that Glister would be leaving the team. Um, poor guy has just had incre- incredibly talented player has just had a really rough go of it in the past three years of him playing. Um, unnecessary, right, um, unnecessary, unnecessarily scrutiny, so. scrutiny too. Yeah, no, I'm leaving the team to go and pursue other things. Um, I don't know if he's officially retired, but I mean, we'll see. Who knows? No, like I'm sure either someone will come out or we'll hear something or however. Um, they did sign Dove, who is a, if I remember correctly, is a Western Contenders player instead. And you look at it now, I think, or, yeah, you um, is a Western Contenders player. Uh, spent time on Uprising Academy, Odyssey, Solaris, Ardor. Um, it's a hit scan player, so he takes over a lot of what you had Glister playing with the Tracer, the Widow. Um, has looked. Has looked pretty good in certain spots, but um, yeah, it's moving on to a Western roster. I think if you're moving, if you're moving to like specifically into Vegas or anything, it makes more sense. Especially when you think about too, like with how visas are right now. Why does it make more sense? Wait, why does it make more sense? I'm not saying like in a good way, but I think logistically when they look at like how you can replace, if you need to replace more players. That makes no sense. That makes no sense. I'm looking more for, okay, look. Paris has already shown they're more than willing to just pump and dump any of these players, no matter what happens. They're willing to just get rid of anybody. Um, I mean, that's a lot of teams. Like, that's not exclusive to Paris. I th- I'm thinking more from the visa process of, like, if you're bringing on new players, if you have, if you're already based out of the West, bringing on new Western players is going to be much easier because you don't have to deal with the visa process of bringing in somebody from Europe, bringing somebody in from Korea, bringing somebody in from China. It shouldn't be that difficult. Is the thing though? Um, it shouldn't, but <laughs> but still, like, like you get what I'm saying. Like, like I don't think framing it that way is the the proper way to do it, though, because that's giving it these teams an out for not getting the best players that are out there by saying those things. And teams should be getting the best players. They shouldn't just be getting this player because it's easier. That that should every team should do that. Um. So I. I I personally am not a fan of saying things like that because we we already let teams get away with too much as it is. So I think it's important to hold them. And and this isn't to say that Dove is a bad player or anything, but we've already seen how many times Dia was passed over and other guys who were super deserving and much better than other players. And they had to wait there for no reason. Um, Some more news coming out of the Boston Uprising camp. A couple of weeks ago, um, it kind of got snuck on to the broadcast. Um, they're officially partnering with a NFT company called House of Mempo, which is I I don't know. I mean, I don't. It doesn't like I'm very much not into and not interested at all in crypto. But it's one of those things that I feel like some team is going to have it eventually as a sponsor. Um, was going to have a crypto company, I think. I mean, there, there's FTX Arena and stuff. Yeah, it was a matter of time. Um, everybody was going that way. So you got that. Uh, the big news from Boston is that they actually uh, were, are parting ways with Huck as like, how recent was this tweet? As of yesterday. 
Um, effective today, yesterday, Boston Uprising have decided to part ways with President General Manager Chris Huck Loringer. Chris has been the face of the uprising since inception. We are grateful for his contribution to the team. While this was a difficult decision, the uprising in Oxygen Esports hold competitive viability as our North Star and believe this change is best for the long-term direction of the org. We wish Chris all the best in his future endeavors. Moving forward, Assistant GM uh, Mineral will operate as the interim GM as we like to readdress our roster and build for the future. To our fans, thank you for your continued support. Boston is a city of champions, and we strive to put a product on the field that makes our fans proud. I just don't understand. The top Can comment you... is from Dante, which was, as we look to readdress our roster, Crimzo, stay safe, and then the praying hands. Do you get what I'm... Do you get, like, why I'm, like, rubbing my head right now and, like, trying to understand... Like, it's... I don't understand... Okay, so a team like Vancouver... I get why you make a coaching change when you do. Um, I'm a little, you know, I'm a little surprised that you keep the general manager who who stuck with the the coaches for as long as he did and everything else, and was the person who's been picking the players for you. Um, but at least I understand middle of this season, new coach, right? That makes a little bit more sense than like literally changing the structure of your organization, and you get rid of Huck. Um, why didn't this happen before the season started, right? Like, why didn't this happen in the off season? Why is this happening now? Um, do you think that you can turn it around in time to like save your season? Like, I, I don't, I don't understand what's happening. You know, you just did some roster moves that were kind of major recently with Marvell and Stryker being let go. Um, I, I don't get it. I just don't get it. I don't understand how some of these organizations work. Um, when did, because uh, part of me wonders if there was finally like an excuse for this to happen from Boston. Because when did OXG Esports take over as the Boston, um, uh, the operation? Or like, how does that work? Like, is, o is Oxygen Esports like, some sort of subsidiary for um like have they always been there Robert Kraft? yeah like because because i remember looking at their twitter a while ago and i was like what is oxygen esports i don't even remember this organization at all so that has always been something that's confused me oh actually yeah because let's see yeah because they don't even when you look at their like their websites even they have stuff they show stuff for rainbow six siege rocket league halo infinite apex legends Here's the storm Valorant, but there's nothing. I mean, maybe if you go into partners, nah, doesn't show up there. So I really, I don't know when they were. Oh, Boston Uprising is its own separate tab. Excuse me. Excuse me. No, it is okay. interesting. But you get what I'm saying? Like, like, when did they like, how did I miss? Did they acquire from craft group this team or you, you, you get what I'm saying? Like, like, I don't. I don't get it. Okay, yeah. so, so so in 2021, how did I miss this? I don't remember ever this being talked about, about Oxygen uh, merged with Craft Sports and Entertainment. Um, they they absorb the operation. Um, so I guess, does that mean Craft uh, technically doesn't own the team anymore? Like, is that what that uh, means? I like, have. I, do, do you ever remember this being talked about ever? No, not at all. 
I don't remember this either. Like, how did we miss this story? Like, how is this not talked about more? Um, I don't know. I, th- this is a story we'll have to save maybe for a different time. But but you get what I'm saying? Like, um, I don't know why they wouldn't have just done this sooner. It's really weird. Yeah, Overwatch has this weird thing where, like, you see people just making these moves, like, so late in the process to where it's like, what was this going to help at this point in the season? Like, we're already, like, almost to the halfway point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're getting pretty close. Um. Like I said, I, I wonder if this is your, you know, a new, in, you know, controlling interest, um, or at least management interest, like wanting to make a change that that more um, is in line with uh, what they want. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it it just it's like the timing is just very weird. It's like at this point you should have just sailed things out and, and let you know boston go because you know boston was playing tough against some of these teams still yeah it's just a weird it's a weird uh it's a weird move because i mean like for all these teams that have like mega gms and like these mega rosters huck is always like kind of it always had seemed that huck was doing a lot of work to really find guys that weren't scouted as much or to really try and find very like players that weren't necessarily as big of a name, but who he saw somewhere potential in. And while it, there are players that, that we've definitely seen that skill pay off in other places. I mean, we talk about striker. Um, we, we even saw like striker pay off with Boston too. in season yeah. one, like you talk about striker, you talk about note um, punk. There's a couple of those players like that. That definitely has worked for, but if you wanted to look at just overall, um, I understand being dissatisfied with it right again being dissatisfied is one thing but like you're you're making you're you're making a structural change like it's not like huck was just the general manager right he was the president of gaming whatever that means whatever he still had a title that was higher than general manager you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so you're structurally changing so much and you're going to do that in the middle of the season I don't know. It's just it's very weird. It's very, very weird. Um, so in my quick looking up here really fast to craft uh, still owns it. it. It seems like this is sort of like when Sentinels was running the Gladiator sort of a thing. Um, where it's now just a new venture with them being together as one. Um, so for me, this feels like you know, the one holdover in the biggest position of power was Huck, and now Oxygen Esports has total control, can have people that they want in charge. You know what I mean? Now that now now they're fully in control of the team of sorts. That's to me sort of what this move feels like. But again, why didn't this happen in December when the merger happened? Mm-hmm. That's what I don't understand. Like, if this was the direction you wanted to go, why did you wait till the middle of the season to do it? Yep. Um, more big changes. Uh, this time from APAC, actually. Um, the Guangzhou Charge released Eileen, um, but it wasn't like your typical, like, parting of ways. Uh, the announcement itself was weirdly, really critical. Um, quote, Guangzhou Charge is part of ways... Excuse me, with Eileen, we have done so after careful consideration of relevant factors, including risks to our team from inappropriate personal conduct, as well as the future development of our team. 
excuse me, the future development of our team. Um, which I would argue this might be one of the more critical like release statements. It's just weird. Like I, we don't know. You and I aren't on Weibo, so we don't necessarily know all like we aren't party to that level of like drama. Um, somebody what posted. It, what does that mean? Somebody posted apparently um, on the spark on the charges Weibo um, due to the damage of the team due. Excuse me. Due to the damage to the team and the risk of endangering the future development of the team, the Guangzhou Stormtroopers, which I I don't know what that means, officially terminated the contract for Eileen in response to a large number of false rumors and false revelations. Revelations, excuse me, of relevant incidents. We reserve the right to pursue legal responsibility for the people involved. What? What? What does that mean? It's like some sort of big drama happened, and we're just seeing like whatever the blow off is at the end of it. I, I don't know. It, I I haven't looked into it enough. I just saw that it happened. I didn't know there was this. I didn't look at the actual tweet to see that this is what was said by the charge. Um, now, they don't necessarily have to go into detail if it was something, you know, that was personal conduct. You don't necessarily have to make that public. But also, like, why did you say anything at all? Mm-hmm. it's very confusing because um, you know I have never heard anything about Eileen being a a problem person but like you said it's not like we're privy to a lot of information Um, this is this is a bizarre one I think this is one of those ones where we kind of need to see things play out for a little bit longer and see what other information comes forward yeah it's weird there's some of the stuff that like uh, I don't know I don't like just covering just rumors that aren't substantiated at all, but like some of the stuff is being implied with it is pretty out there. Um, the LA Valiant had a bunch of stuff this last two weeks too. Um, they signed Marvell, which is good. Marvell's a great player. He's a great tank. Would make a great, like they need somebody who's a little bit more well-rounded instead of Sashin. Um, Marvell's a great pickup. Um, there were rumors that um, in order to make his in order for the team to afford his salary, um, quote unquote, the team like pretty much telling the rest of the players like, hey, so we really want to bring on Marvell. But in order for us to bring on Marvell, you're all going to have to take a pay cut to a certain amount, which it's been talked about a lot. I don't know if it's like 100 percent fact, if we can confirm it. But. I don't know. You and I were talking about this a couple of days ago. And see, like, if this is true, like, this is another example of like bizarre, from what, of, bad. Well, it's another example of this of this team breaking like breaking player conduct rules, or if there those rules aren't in place, running over their players and then seemingly not being punished for it. We have we need more information because we don't know if that any of that information is true, right? Um. If it is, it's terrible for sure. But I don't know. It's hard to know at this point. There's just so much weird stuff. And this is like, this is part of like the way business is done overseas is a little bit different than other places, right? Like in Europe, wherever. Um, It's so bizarre. It's just so weird. Um, I don't think, I don't think that would be allowed by the league. There's no way. That's the one reason why I don't think it actually happened. But there are so many people talking about it. If it did happen, 
that's really bad on the player's part for one, but two, like you said, is the, the, the org itself preying on its players that way would be really, really gross. Coming from a team that we saw how abrupt and kind of brief the or how abrupt the transition was from full western team to full like full eastern team a couple years ago leaving everybody out in the cold like that i think people are more than willing to expect the worst from this team as far as player conduct yeah they really are um but that doesn't mean it necessarily happened too um i don't see how it would be allowed that's the biggest thing how could that be allowed makes no sense to me um i don't think it would be uh, and if it was allowed by the league, then there's even bigger problems, right? The fact that the league is letting something like that happen and mm-hmm. there's no repercussions. So potentially nobody's at fault because maybe this didn't actually happen or everybody's at fault. Nobody's for a lot of different reasons. Um, the people that I would give the least amount of fault to is the players who, um, you know, should never be put in a position like that to begin with. Yep. They um the Valiant also signed. So this happened a couple weeks ago. They signed Molly, uh, former flex support. Spent um for Chengdu Hunters a little bit. Spent some time with the Shanghai Dragons. Was on the roster I think in 2020. Did he win a championship? I think he did win a championship. He just didn't play like ever under Izaki. But like um is now on the team. Um has been playing more often than coldest. Um, and we did get we did see that the team released both coldest and woo y'all. Um, we talk about player contact, player conduct again, misspelling my dude coldest's name in the um, release statement as well. And then oh, apparently before they wholesale, like took it down and re-uploaded it. They just like replied to the tweet with an asterisk and like spelled it correctly. Like, you know, the. The disrespect for Coldest, but at the same time, like, what is going on with Coldest? This was, like, one of the most touted, like, flex supports coming in, and he can't hold a job. Like, I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if he's got, like, the crystal effect going on or what. Like, this is a guy who a lot of us who watch Contenders China were really excited for. And he just has not been that dude. Like, he did all right, I think, here in this last part with with um the valiant here in recent time where we got to see him actually play but obviously they didn't think good enough and they brought in molly who let's face it has looked pretty decent in the couple of wins that they've already gotten so far here in in this uh this second tournament yeah hasn't looked bad it's it is weird i i would be interested to know what what kind of has gone on behind closed doors uh speaking of closed you go no i was just thinking i was thinking also too it's like man we've been wanting will y'all in the league for so long he finally got there and he's not in there anymore um you know coaching is so much different than playing though too so it really sucks um last couple news stories uh florida had a whole big mess um about a week and a half ago where um, in one graphic, they tried to cram all their player news into one graphic that pretty much said that, number one, they Kariv was tr- is switching from a player role to a coaching role. Um, and to fill the second flex support spot, they had signed RuPaul, 
from Redbird Esports. Um, by the way, they're releasing Adam from his contract. Um, and so it, it felt really kind of snuck in there. Um, according to Adam, they didn't even drop him in person. Um, he definitely felt slighted by the fact that he didn't get any sort of actual one, like specific one-on-one acknowledgement for it. Um, the GM for the team, uh, Albert came out a little bit afterwards. So like, yes, like we definitely messed up. Like usually I at least call people and because of like circumstances it didn't work out. But like, again, this is Florida also has had a little bit of reputation for not as necessarily as like damning as like teams like Valley in the past, but I know Florida has made moves like this in the past before. Yeah, but there was a certain person who was associated with those moves at the time. Uh, if you remember a certain man with hands that were bear-like. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So the, a lot of those moves were, were associated with bear hands. But when you see something like this happen, um, I think it's if, we should just be disappointed in Florida, right? Like, like doing mm-hmm. these moves is not a problem, but the way that they handled it, who cares if Adam wasn't with the team for that long, right? Like he was still rostered on the main team. Like, give him at least his own announcement and, and like, call the guy before you do it. Don't make him find out on Twitter. Like, that's terrible. That's terrible. That's really, there, there's no excuse. There's absolutely no excuse. Um, that's just really bad management. That's just, you shouldn't be having things like that happen. And if you're calling yourself a professional organization. Yeah, it's, it's the bare minimum. Like, I. Yeah. We're not telling you to make a 30-minute video of why Adam was so important to the team. You know, we're asking for the bare minimum of a professional organization. It's frustrating, man. It's so frustrating. And then last one, uh, Toronto Defiant announced that they were releasing KDG. Um, KDG's been coaching for this team. He coached last year as well. Um, It's interesting. You kind of have seen this guy's star fall slowly and steadily um kind of from his heights of like how solid his philadelphia fusion team in 2020 was um people have argued that like with a team that good it'd be really hard to mess it up but people still do um (laughs) it's surprising how much people can mess that stuff up but he's had kind of a rocky road with defiant over the past year and a half um has had strong players and it's just they've never played up to the expectations people have set yeah um i guess this is a move where they think it'll make a difference and they think they have a more talented roster um and then that they're not performing up to expectations so coaches is a place that gets the blame a lot i mean we saw um the same thing with happened with vancouver right i think vancouver i think vancouver there's more of an argument that that the players that were had by flubby and pew have never been like to the level of a, a lot of other rosters, right? I think there's less of that for Defiant, for KDG, but I don't think he's had like incredible rosters either. But I do think it's fair to like think that he should be getting more out of these guys than what we've seen so far this season. Mm-hmm. This season and like last season as well. Yeah. So the coaching carousel will continue to turn. Um, I don't think they've said what what's happening in place of him yet, have they? No, I don't think so. 
So I wonder what Defiant's going to do. Um, because I know they do still have coaches on staff and stuff like that, right? It's not like they're they're a rudderless ship or anything, but the um, main thing I think people were talking about was that when when it happened, um, you saw Logics tweeting something through the response of like, ugh, like freaking finally. Like, I don't know. And there are rumors about like there is some pretty well documented rumors last year about like pretty much him getting separated. Um, communication wise from the entire like rest of the team since he was the only Western player who got any play time. Um, not a well managed situation from what we heard, but it's um it's a little like it's interesting to see just the kind of how the his star has fallen a little bit. I mean, was he ever that, you know, highly people done? Were, I mean, people were high, looked up looked people thought well of him, I think, coming out of Seoul where he was quote the only person to make two like a two a twelve man roster work well, but like he had a pretty good season with Philadelphia, um, and he went from there to Toronto, and that's I think where you had these high expectations was him coming out of Philadelphia. Since then, it's been pretty mediocre. But coming out of Philadelphia, people people really thought a lot of him. At least I heard a I heard a lot of really good things about him. But maybe that's just me in my circle. I don't know. This is like the hard part with coaching and Overwatch, though, too, is like, how much do we value it and how much do we not? Um, It's very hard to put value on it. Um, And, you know, we we know Krusty's a good coach, right? But how much of a difference would it be if he wasn't coaching the team, right? Um, That's something I still wonder, right? Stuff like that Uh, is still something to kind of rack, you know, is in my brain anytime I'm watching and thinking about like coaching stuff and things like that. I think that there's very great potential for coaches to make a, a difference. I just don't know how much of a difference that is. Mm-hmm. So last bit of news to cover while we've been waiting for a long time. Um, we finally got some concrete details about what um, the roadmap is going to be like for overwatch two. Um we know that the early access for the game, I think, is going to be October 8th. But they, the way they're talking about that game, about early access, they're making it sound like it's going to be the official drop. So we'll keep you posted on that. The beta actually drops tomorrow, from what I remember, um, as of when we're recording this, on the 28th, 29th. Um, so make sure to register online for that. But we did get confirmation that the game is, the PvP for the game is moving to a free-to-play live service on a keeping the seasonal model, um, but they've locked in every nine weeks. So nine week seasons, um, 5v5 PVP, cross progression um, across multiple platforms. And then PVE experiences will be beginning in 2023. And then we also got um, a cinematic for Junker Queen, which was pretty fun. Uh, she's going to be a new tank coming in. Uh, we've got a little bit of some... We got a, a brief preview as far as what her abilities might be. But once we get some more like actual, I think we'll get some of that actually in the beta itself. That's dropping soon. So we'll have some more definite, um, some more definite material for that next time. Um, October 4th starts season one, which is going to be three new heroes, six new maps, 30 new skins, new battle pass, new mythic skins, which mythic skins, I think work in the same way that some of the, um, the prismatic like Valorant skins work, you know, where like you can change certain parts of the actual skin. Yeah. Which would be cool. That'd yeah. be great. And then a new tank hero coming in season two. 
uh, which starts December 6th and a new map. Um, Chris, all you've been asking for is a roadmap as far as like what to expect and when to expect it. And again, the bare minimum. And now that we are getting the bare minimum, I feel much better about it. <laughs> Do you? Because we're only getting three new heroes and they haven't said if those three new heroes is so one of the ones Junker that we've Queen are- and yeah. I would expect that it's Sojourn Junker Queen and probably um, the Fox character, which <sighs> that's so disappointing. It's just it's disappointing. It's disappointing. Um, and then we get a new tank hero in, in December. I don't know. Uh, I I've, I'm very underwhelmed by by all of this. Um, and the way it was announced, I I. I I didn't even like I kind of I watched the Junker Queen um video that was great you know shocker that that a a um you know Overwatch cinematic was great that th- that's not a surprise but that doesn't make me feel you know all that much better for for where things are going still I'm still I it still is a bit of a rough time right uh things are still a little rough t- to me um, it's nice to have something, but um, I'm still not feeling 100% great about things. So yeah. that's where I feel personally. Um, slight note, too, but since we've already kind of moved on from it, um, Toronto Defiant did hire a new assistant coach in Docs. Gotcha. Uh, just to throw that, that happened four days ago from when we were recording this. Um, don't have a head coach yet. But anyways, back to the Overwatch 2 stuff. Um, I hope I get into the beta. I, apparently, there's a there's something you can purchase that gets you into the beta regardless. Um, I don't know. I just went and signed up online like just now. Yeah, there, there's some sort of thing that if you purchase, you get into the beta regardless. I forget what it is. Uh, God, what was it? I don't know. I'll have to ask uh, Univeth, who is the one who told me. But there are ways to just get in if you buy some sort of package of some kind. Um, yeah, you know, things that we didn't know that you could do that you can do and gets you in. But anyway, um, I still did enjoy playing 5v5 and I think it will get better. Um, but it, that doesn't mean I'm not frustrated with some of the stuff. Um, I think that it would be bad to think everything is just going to be great and fine. Especially if you watch how things fizzled out with the first beta. Yeah, because I mean, there's definitely a concern about whether or not this is going to be like, it sounds like we're just doing again the beta for like another like three to four weeks and then it's going to be gone until October. That would not be fun. That would not be good. I mean, we saw how pretty much Overwatch retail in its current state is in probably, people say this all the time, but like it's very much sounds like it's the worst it's ever been to play right now. So I've had zero desire to play it. Yeah, me too. But yeah, we'll keep you guys updated. There's definitely more information coming on. We got to get out of here. It's really late where I am. It's even later where Chris is. So we got to log off. Um, If you want to help us out, the best thing you can do for the show is leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. Uh, It makes it easier for us to know what you guys like, what we can make better. Um, For the podcast network, uh, the mash those buttons discord is the best place to go we got a bunch of great shows there which you'll hear about afterwards um Lubosco, if they want to get in there where should they go discord.me slash mash those buttons and uh 
you can come hang out with us there and ask us, add us things there if you want to do that. And, you know, we're usually pretty good at answering, you know, that same day or so if we ever get any added questions or whatever else. And, um, you know, if Overwatch 2 ever becomes a thing and everybody gets to play it, you know, game night might come back as well. (laughs) That would be pretty cool to do again. I do kind of miss doing that. So. Maybe that's something that'll be in the future. Patreon.com slash smash those buttons to support the network. Roll us a dollar a month and you get access to Patreon exclusive content. And it's specific to each show. There's different like uh, tiers for each show. So check it out. But it all supports the network. That's the more important part. Um, There's some cool stuff over there as well for some shows. Um, Please look at it. It's uh, this network's awesome. So do that at pushpoint POD is our Twitter and then push the point at gmail.com to email us. Yes, sir. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at Labosco and at Ramsey's underscore OW. I think that's going to be it for episode 137 of Push the Point. Closing thoughts, Mr. Labosco. Um, nice to get back into the swing after kind of two weeks of craziness. Hopefully, we can really get back into the swing here in this next episode. And then, uh, yeah, hopefully, 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 like 5v5 feels a little bit better than it did in the first beta, and we get a little bit more time with it to really kind of chew on it. Looking forward to it, and you'll hear from us soon. Have a good one, you guys. See you later. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at Twitter.com slash The Mash Network, Facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord.